Discover the leader in you with the leadership linebacker, Dr. Jason Carthen, former New England Patriot turned Ph.D. I bring a new brand of inspiration and passion to audiences worldwide. Having served and consulted with Fortune 500 companies, the National Football League Players Association, and the White House, each week I will prescribe empowering, motivational, and life-changing medicine for your soul. Now, it's time to discover the leader in you. All right, good people. Welcome to Season 7, Episode 4 of Discover the Leader in You. I'm your host, the leadership linebacker, Dr. Jason Carthen. And today, we're going to be talking about why the essence of true teamwork is found in the ability to remain creative. And I know that sounds like a mouthful. I promise you, we're going to break that down a little bit here in a second. So, some may be asking, why would a team even need to be creative? Shouldn't a team just do what they're told to do and simply do it well? Well, I submit to you today, with the changing environments of business and the overall emphasis on improving organizational culture, creative teams are more important than ever for overall organizational success. To help us understand this even further, we have the principal of Climber Consulting, Dr. Amy Climber, joining us in the studio today. But before we bring her on, I want to remind you, you can always tweet to me at Jason Carthen with comments about the show. We have, I think it's approaching 33,000 followers. And, you know, I just love the engagement around Twitter and the different things that we talk about. So always, if you feel led, tweet to me at Jason Carthen. Also want to remind you, we are really blowing up with these free breakthrough coaching sessions. If you want to engage me, there are some questions that you have about growing your business and how to move forward. All you have to do is reach out to me on the website. You just click the link there under coaching and we can get that scheduled for you. Make sure you go to jasoncarthen.com and make that happen. And then the last thing, just want to let everybody know, maybe you are so busy. You always have your cell phone, your iPad and that's the only way you stay connected. Maybe you travel a lot. Well, the official Jason Carthen Enterprises app is available on the iTunes store, and you can actually download that and make sure that you don't miss any information. For those of you that are taking my courses, you can also engage your digital content right there from your phone. I am all about making sure you hit your goals and move forward in life. All right. Without further ado, let me read a little bit about Dr. Clymer to you. This young lady is established. <laughs> She's been doing quite a bit. Dr. Amy Clymer teaches teams to be creative and innovative. She is a speaker, trainer, and coach in creativity, innovation, and team development. Through her company, Clymer Consulting, she teaches research-based practices, tools, and techniques to teams that can actually use this to innovate on demand. Amy has a Ph.D. in leadership and change from Antioch University and a master's degree in outdoor education from the University of New Hampshire. Now, I'm just going to press the pause button there for a second. We really got to talk about that because I lived up there for quite some time. So having this degree in outdoor education, Amy, you're going to have to break that down for us. But <laughs> let me finish the rest of this. She developed a deliberative creative team scale to help teams understand how to increase their creativity. Dr. Amy, welcome to the show. Well, thank you, Jason. It's great to be here. Yeah, well, it's good to have you on. Hey, before we move forward, tell me a little bit about doing anything with outdoor education as cold as it gets in New Hampshire. <laughs> <laughs> Talk to yeah. us about that. <laughs> well, it's funny you ask that because uh, I actually grew up in Florida, <laughs> and uh, I never even saw snow till I was 14. 
Wow. And then, um, yeah, anyway, I lived, when I moved to New Hampshire, that was definitely the coldest place I had ever lived before. Yeah. And, uh, but, you know, what I learned is that it's just all about how you dress. Yes. You, you got to have the layers, the right boots, jacket, you know, whatever. Um, so definitely got out quite a bit, enjoyed the snow. Well, good. So. Good, good, good. All right, good stuff. So, Dr. Amy, I think one of the things that, Many people probably will want to know, you know, at the end of the day, what is a team? I think there are a lot of misnomers out there. And one of the reasons why I was really looking forward to our time together today is to really remove some of those misconceptions and have a better understanding of not only what an actual team is, but this whole idea of creativity. So if you can just kind of give us an idea of your idea of what a team looks like, that would be great. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I think you're right. There are, there are, there's a lot of myths and misnomers out there about teams. So there's a definition that I use with my clients that um, I didn't write it. It's from a book called The Wisdom of Teams by Captain Bach and Smith. And a team is a small number of people with complementary skills who are committed to a common purpose, performance goals, and approach for which they hold themselves mutually accountable. Now, that definition is fairly aspirational. Right. Like most teams do not quite meet that yet. That's like, okay, this is a high-performing, rocking team. But the point there is that it's a small group of people, so 100 people is not necessarily a team. That's, small, that's an organization. But yeah, it's not a set number, but maybe anywhere from like 3 to 20, maybe even like 3 to 12 or 15 is what I think of when I think of a team and a small number of people. Um, complementary skills, like we all have bringing in, you know, our different perspectives and different backgrounds. And we have a common purpose. We all know what we're working towards. We're trying to meet some performance goals. And we're accountable to each other. So we're holding ourselves mutually accountable. Um, so that's the definition that I use for a team. Wow, that's that's good stuff. And thank you for <laughs> the in-depth way that you explained it. Now, you know, I think <laughs> the way you explained it versus what I've seen over the years. <laughs> oh, yeah? <laughs> oh, my goodness. I mean, I love your definition, and I, I certainly I ascribe to that. It, it makes sense uh, in all my research and my writings, all that. Yes, yeah. you know, that is a high-performing team. But what about when you darken the doors of your office and folks got nasty attitudes, they acting up, and <laughs> but you're supposed to work with them. Would you still consider them members of the team, or is that a outlier there? You know, I think it depends. Um, so let me let me offer another definition. So, so that so what I just talked about was a team, but there's another type of group that often gets referred to as a team, but it's really not, and that's called a working group. Mm-hmm. And this definition is also from Katzenbach and Smith. Um, so a working group is where members are interacting primarily to share information, best practices, or perspectives to make decisions to help each individual perform within his or her area of responsibility. So a working group is we might be all, you know, working together, but really more in the sense of like we're cooperating and we're supporting each other versus a team where it's more about collaboration and we're maybe developing or creating something together. Hmm. And I think a lot of times, particularly say in an office environment, there are groups of people that are working together, they're cooperating, but they're not necessarily collaborating and they don't need to collaborate. Hmm. Um, 
and they're they're actually more of a working group. And what I have found it, with with my clients is that when I give them those definitions of a working group and a team, they're like, "Oh my gosh, this makes so much sense!" And you can see the light bulbs going off in their head, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that that when we get groups of people together and we just immediately call them a team, it actually causes a lot of confusion right. and frustration and and that could be a source of some of the, you know, some negative attitudes or rudeness that might be happening when actually they're not a team. They just, they need to be able to work together, but each person's really responsible for their own thing. Absolutely. So. Now that's good stuff. And one of the reasons why I actually asked that is because there needs to be a distinction <laughs> between the two. Mm-hmm. And I think many of us, if you have not done any sort of in-depth study or research along the lines of teamwork or even leadership, you know, you will have just a false definition of what it's supposed to yeah. look like and can't understand why we cannot all get on the same page. So for our listening audience, actually, there's a difference. You know, you have these high-performing teams and then you have work groups. And what Dr. Amy just shared with us is very enlightening. I think we all would do well to remember that. And one other thing, one caveat to that, if you are actually going to be on a team, Dr. Amy, do you think you have to do the work in order to have a good relationship with other team members? Or is this something that just sort of happens by osmosis? (laughs) No, it's all about the work. Absolutely. (laughs) Um, You know, and and I think, I don't know, I I used to work at a university and uh, there there were a lot of committees and I soon learned that the committees were generally, I mean, obviously it's all going to depend, but a lot of times they just were kind of a waste of time. Because what would happen is we'd come together, we'd meet once a month, and we'd talk for an hour about whatever we were supposed to be focused on, and then everyone would go back and return to whatever their main job was, and we'd come back a month later, and we picked up right where we left off. And no one had done anything to actually move the, the work forward. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was just a waste of time. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think it is all about what are you, what are you contributing? How, what are you bringing to the team? Um, actually, I got to say, one of the things that I really don't like is this um, this phrase, like, there's no I in team. And, and actually, the team is all about each person. And so if I'm a part of the team, it is about me, and it's about me doing my work and contributing to the team. Otherwise, like, move on, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean... I don't know. There's probably some great football analogies we could make in here. <laughs> <laughs> don't you start. You're going to get yourself in trouble. <laughs> I know. Cause I, I know nothing compared to you. But, um, oh, not with me. So. With the listening audience. You know, I, I oh. have always, I'm telling you, you know, Dr. Amy, one of the interesting things, people throw out these puns, these metaphors, all this stuff about sports. And it's like, do you even know what you're talking about? Mm-hmm. Like that? <laughs> don't even try it. So, That's true. you know, it's so interesting when you share some of the things that you're sharing, this is great. You know, one of the things with Discovering the Leader in You, over the years, we've been very intentional about bringing people on to extend the, the stream of thought about certain things. And what you're doing today is really sort of giving people better uh, footing upon which to stand. Mm-hmm. So I think let's keep going with that same vein of thought here. So, Dr. Amy, one of the things that I would love for you to maybe share with our listening audiences. Why can't teams simply be individuals? You know, because you just spoke about that a little bit, but 
most of society, many organizations, and certainly sports would say no. There are no eyes, like you just said. There can't be individuals. So why is that? Why why can't we simply be individuals? Well, I think I think it's a there's like a multi pronged response there. The first of all, first thing is we do need to be able to be individuals, and I think you know the most the high the highest performing teams are the teams that each person is really bringing their full self to the team, and the other team members are respecting that person and their talents and gifts and skills and personality. And there's, like, this ability for the, the team to all work together despite their differences and really to embrace those differences. Mm-hmm. Um, for instance, the most diverse teams that are highly creative tend to also be fairly diverse. Okay. And what is the point of having a team if everybody is exactly the same, or right. at least they're pretending to be exactly the same? Um, so I think that you, the teams need to embrace that individuality, but the challenge with that is that's hard and right. that can bring a lot of conflict right. because you know this other person on my team like oh gosh they the way they talk it just drives me crazy and you know and I have to figure out like how do I work with them and why are they always asking questions and you know just and I think you know when a team can get to that point of really embracing that individuality you realize like oh this person is always playing devil's advocate they actually have some really good points um, and then their, you know, their mission is they're hoping to try to push the team forward. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think it it is about embracing the individual, and it's about how do you do that in a way that the team can actually work together and achieve at a higher level. Yeah. I think when we focus more on trying to get everybody acting alike and doing the same things, then you lose that individuality, and you also lose that like that creativeness. Right, right. And and I think that can be, it's kind of phony at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. I've been on, I've been on those teams. I I was on a 10-year track uh, as a professor doing all Mm -hmm. these guest lectures, going all over Harvard, everywhere doing all this stuff. And I realized that, you know what, a lot of times you're going to be accepted as long as you think like everybody else. You convey Mm -hmm. the same strategies and what it, was tantamount to is groupthink <laughs> at the end yes, of the day. Exactly. You know, I'll give you the stamp of approval if it sounds pretty much like what I'm talking about. And that's not who I am. It doesn't sound like that's who you are either. And for many of us um, uh, that may be listening today, I think at the at the end of our journeys, we want to be celebrated for our unique nature and our differences. So it's directly in line with many of the things that you just shared. Now, Dr. Amy, and just as a reminder, everybody, hey, we are on with Dr. Amy Clymer, and we're talking about why the essence of true teamwork is found in the ability to remain creative. Now, one of the things that you just talked about, I really have to ask this because doesn't this tie back to a certain level of maturity, you know, for individuals? Because if you, I, I have some guys that I played ball with, and if they were not in the limelight, they got mad. <laughs> it was like, yeah. well, hold on now. Like, I need my individuality. And that would create a bomb that would go off either in the huddle or something would happen on the field and it would be detrimental to the team long term. So do you think this is tied to maturity and maybe a little bit of, um, I don't know, mm-hmm. self-deprecation at some points? Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts on that? 
You know, absolutely, and I, I think maturity is a great word. Um, I, I think that, you know, being a part of a team, for, for one, it's, it, you know, if a, if, a true, if a team is, if a group of people is truly a team, then they have some purpose they're working towards. Mm-hmm. And in order to be a part of that team, you have to be bought into that purpose, and you have to really care about that. And if all you care about is getting credit or being in the spotlight, that team is actually going to be more likely to fail. They're going to suffer because of that. And in the end, you end up suffering, but you can't see that because your ego is getting in the way. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I think there there is a sense of maturity that's required and kind of a, an ability to just be like, hey, this is for the better good of whatever our goal is. Right, um, right. Yeah, and if you're really focused on yourself, then it's going to be really hard. That's good stuff. It's not going to be good. Yeah, that's good stuff. So it's almost like esprit de corps. You know, the good of the collective Mm -hmm. outweighs that of the few. And and that's hard. Even saying that, it's like, man, come on now. Like, I want playing time or I want that promotion or I don't know. It's hard. So it does come back to maturity. I've seen it. Some of my coaching clients, man, they will just say, well, I want this right now. And I said, well, one of the first questions I ask, have you done the work? (laughs) Have you done the work? Yeah, exactly. And are you willing to do There you go. And then I get that side eye. (laughs) Dr. Amy, it's like, well, wait a minute. I say, Mm -hmm. wait, I'm supposed to be advising you. I'm not going to lie to you, you know. Right, right. Yeah. You want to pat on the back. You're talking to the wrong person. That's right. That's right. So, you know, Dr. Amy, let me ask you this. You know, at the end of the day, why should a team want to remain creative in order to achieve goals? Because, you know, we keep talking about remaining creative and being creative as a whole, you know, what's the value add in that? What is the value add? Yeah, okay. So I think, first of all, not every team needs to be creative. I think creativity is particularly valuable when there's an issue or problem or situation where there's not one clear solution. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, every once in a while a team is, is formed and, like, it's really obvious what needs to happen. And it's like, okay, we just need to implement and make this happen. Cool. But that's not that common. You know, most of the time, especially in a business context, and there's all sorts of stuff going on, all sorts of issues or trying to develop a new product or a new approach to something, and that's when that creativity is really important. Mm. Wow. Teams that can be more creative lead to innovation, and that, quite frankly, it's about the bottom line. Like, there's a higher chance that they're going to implement something it's going to have a positive financial impact on the organization. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's, well, I can give you an example if that'd be helpful. Sure, go ahead. Yeah, so there's, um, a, this wasn't my personal experience, with a colleague of mine, and he was working with a manufacturing group. It was a group with GM, with General Motors. And they had this problem where in the plant, about once a week, there was a part in the, the manufacturing system that would break. And they were spending about $40,000 a week fixing this part and repairing it and with downtime and everything. So they got together and they were taught the creative problem-solving process, which is a process that I teach. And it's very similar to design thinking or human-centered design. It's just a process that helps people be more creative. So they go through this process, and they come up with an idea that costs them about $1.50. 
It was like a spray bottle with a soapy solution, super cheap. So then what they would do is when they were going to use this piece of machinery, they would spray this solution onto the part, and the part stopped breaking. And so they literally saved $40,000 a week by spending $1.50 plus a couple of hours engaged in the creative problem-solving process. Hmm. Um, I mean, I don't know. that To me, that's like just a no-brainer. Like, of course you're going to want to do that. Absolutely. Um, and that's, what, that's, I think, the power of creativity. It's like you can solve problems in ways that you couldn't see before. Uh, yeah. And you can save or make a lot of money. Well, you know, I love that example, and and hopefully they gave you some of that forty thousand <laughs> <laughs> that they were throwing away. You know, uh, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah that, I know. That's actually a colleague of mine. And, uh, yeah, <laughs> you know, it's so interesting. Um, many times people will go, "Hey, you know what? I I want to do this or I want to do that," but. They just want to dive in. They don't want to think through it. And one of the things that I remember on the journey to the Ph.D., and it was a journey, is that you have to learn how to be creative. You have to learn how to think. And it's a discipline. It's a discipline to become a critical thinker. And sometimes people look at it. Well, they look at me crazy. Maybe they don't look at you like that. (laughs) But Oh, they do sometimes. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. It's like, well, wait a minute. It doesn't take all that. And I go, well, yes, it does. And that's just how I process things. And I'll never forget uh, going through my PhD program. Forty-six of us started, and only ten of us finished. And oh wow! Oh yeah, the attrition rate was crazy. But one yeah. of the things that I realized is that the cream will rise, and you have mm-hmm. to be ready. And it's just—it's a testament of what you just talked about. You taught well the whole idea of how you teach people how to be creative and the process by which they do that is so valuable. But at the end of the day the individuals still have to be open to learning how to do yeah. it or just say, no, I'll keep writing a $40,000 check. Cause I don't have time mm-hmm. for what Dr. Amy wants us to do. That's problematic. That's problematic. But yeah, absolutely. And you know, I think one of the things you said there that's so key is that we got to take the time for it and you have to learn the process. Right. And you know, a lot of people, one of the things I often do in my workshops is, um, is I ask people, I say, you know, raise your hand if you think you're creative. And eh, maybe about half the people will raise their hand. Uh, the bigger the group, the smaller the percentage will raise their hand, maybe because they don't want to, you know, I don't know, feel safer in a smaller group or whatever. But anyway, and but when I start talking to people individually, like, oh, why do you think you're not creative? Well, first of all, they, they often say, well, I can't draw. Well, who cares? Like, that's, <laughs> that's irrelevant. Uh, I mean, you know, that's great if you know how to draw and you want to learn that, but that's not necessarily the only way to be creative. But um, often they, they have no idea that there's a process or that it's learnable. And there is a slew of research that has shown over and over again that if you practice creativity and if you learn a process, you will be more creative. Mm-hmm. And so it's not just like some great idea. It actually works. Uh, and it's amazing. It's, especially when you learn it, you're like, this isn't that hard. You know, right, right. Well, and so, Amy, just having a better understanding of that leads me to the next question. If people want to connect with you, if people want to follow you and maybe even understand your processes or bring you in for a workshop, um, how would they do that? How would they get in contact with you? Um, 
I guess the easiest is to go to my website, which is climberconsulting.com, and climber is spelled C-L-I-M-E-R. And you can go there. You can reach out to me. Um, I Most of the workshops I do are specific to an organization, so I don't do a ton that's, like, open to the public. Mm-hmm. Um, but I often will go in and work with an organization. Sometimes it's very short-term, sometimes it's long-term, and help them and their teams be more creative. Um, I also have a podcast called The Deliberate Creative, where the whole purpose of the podcast is to teach leaders how to be more innovative and how, how to lead their teams better. Nice. Um, so those are two places that you can find me. And, of course, you know, I'm on social media and Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, all that. Good stuff. Good stuff. So now with these different things, I think you should maybe start doing some things for the public. You know, don't keep your gifting hidden. <laughs> this is good stuff. I think more people. Would you probably... know, that's good advice. Yeah, I have done. I have done in the past. And, um, you know, I think you're right. I, I should be doing more of that. So. Yeah, that would be good stuff. So now I know we're going to run out of time and we're just like moving along here. This is really good in terms of some of the content that you're sharing. So what sort of advice would you give the leaders, you know, who may be hesitant to utilize teams because, I mean, we all know different conflict may come up and uh, people may not be on the same page. So what advice would you give to leaders who may be a little hesitant? I guess, um, I guess the first thing is really to look at what's your goal. And mm-hmm. most of the times, I feel like especially in organizations, it's pretty rare that you alone personally can be the only person to contribute towards that goal. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of times people maybe aren't utilizing teams for one of two reasons. One is maybe they have some fear or self-doubt that either they're not going to be able to lead the team well or the team's going to like go rogue and do some craziness or that maybe it's not going to work and we bring all these people together and then we don't actually succeed. But there's some sort of fear or doubt about the team. Right. And... And I would say, if that's the case, get a coach and learn how to lead a team. Mm. You you probably already have the skills. It's just a matter of like you know putting them together and learning how to facilitate a team. Um, and the second thing is sometimes, and we've kind of touched on this already, is that people don't want to start a team because of their own ego. Yep. And well, you know, I've got, I've got, I've got this. You know, I've got the best ideas. Well, if you're working 80 hours a week, then it's not working. Right. Um, and and so, and the thing is that if, if you're leading a team and that team succeeds, you look good. Even if it wasn't, you know, there, the idea is being used, it wasn't your idea, or um, I feel like in the end of the day, it's like, don't worry about, about that. You will look good if this team helps reach that goal uh, or if you help the organization reach the goal. Um, mm. So I would say... Try it. See what happens. Um, And if it doesn't work, well, you can add it to your failure resume, and that's kind of interesting, too. (laughs) (laughs) No, you didn't. All right, everybody. (laughs) We are talking to Dr. Amy Clymer, who is the uh, founder and president of Clymer Consulting. And we're talking about why the essence of true teamwork is found in the ability to remain creative. And you know what? She just dropped a bombshell. Add it to your (laughs) failure resume. I don't think anyone wants to brag about those. But, you know, I guess that is what it is. And I love that idea that, you know what, if you are working 80 plus hours, you are not winning. 
That is yeah. not winning. I tell people all the time, you know, people that follow me and engage me and my clients, you want to delegate. And I'm not talking about some hot mess. You're, you're delegating something and people are like, whoa, this is horrible. But you're delegating because it's more efficient and it's allowing you to live your life on purpose. Any of you that have listened to my show over the years, you understand that I'm all about operating in your purpose. And the more that you can free things up uh, to be intentional about living your life, you need to do that. And as a leader, I think teams are a gateway to that if done properly. Um, And I don't think any of us want to add uh, uh, to our failure resume. So get yourself a team. (laughs) Delegate if it makes sense. Um, So... In that same vein, uh, you know, Dr. Amy, what about organizational culture? Because you alluded to it a little bit there. If you have a team that gets on board and they just blow up the organizational culture, they have infighting or, uh, or hey, how about this? Uh, from a positive standpoint, they're doing so well, they're making everybody else look bad. How do you deal <laughs> with that? <laughs> Tell us a little bit about that in our final few minutes here. Yeah, um, I think that, you know, a team, you're right. The team can have a positive or negative impact on organizational culture. And um, I, I like to think that, you know, the, that saying that all ships rise in high tide. Mm. And so that if a team is performing well, um, hopefully it's not that they're making other people look bad, but that maybe they have something to share with other teams that's in the organization. Mm. And maybe they can teach some of what they're doing to other teams so that everybody can succeed at a higher level. Um, and, you know, sometimes I get frustrated with that concept of like, oh, they're making me look bad because they're so good. And to me, that's coming from a place of ego. Mm-hmm. And so it's really like, wow, they're rocking it. Mm-hmm. How do I learn from them and how do I do the same thing? Um, and so some of that is like on the other people within the organization. It's how can you embrace that team and learn from them? Um, and then I think, you know, on the flip side, like you said, a neg- a, the team can have a negative impact on the culture. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've definitely been on teams like that where I felt like the, you know, ideas would come up and they'd get shot down so fast. And I soon learned, oh, it seems like this team is just all about maintaining the status quo. Right. And I soon learned to dread the meetings and to assimilate and, uh, I mean, needless to say, I didn't last very long in that organization. Right. Because... You know, and I think that's what happens. Is if you have a team that's really negative, uh, people end up leaving the organization. You know, perhaps highly uh, skilled, creative people end up going somewhere else. Yeah. Wow, Dr. Amy, this is good stuff, and we are actually out of time. I, I think you know it's so interesting to hear just a final piece of what you just shared. I think many of us get in those situations and we feel trapped. It's like, no, I just want to do well. I want to give my all. And one of the things that you'll find fairly quickly, if maturity is not there in place of where the leader is, um, then it's going to be, it's going to be hard. And those things are going to drive the organizational culture. And even outside environmental things will really shine a light on that. And it can get ugly fairly quickly it can get ugly fairly quickly but i just love many of the things that you share today i know that our listening audience has been impacted in a positive way and i think one of the things that we have to remember is that there are people like dr amy Clymer that are out there and if you want to grow and develop your organization and create uh, maybe synergy with teams give her a look reach out to her you know she has a lot of value to be able to share with you Dr. Amy, thank you for being on today. It was a blessing for me. 
Well, thank you. I really enjoyed it. I appreciate the conversation. Yeah, absolutely. We're going to have more, hopefully, and maybe we'll even collaborate. I'm going to get you out of those uh, corporations and come do some stuff on the road. <laughs> okay. Yeah, sounds good. I'm in. All right. Good stuff. <laughs> hey, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning in today. This was a blessing. I, I want to continue to share as much as I can. You all are very important to me. Make sure you're intentional. Take me up on some of the free offers at jasoncarthen.com. And remember, make sure you are living your life on purpose on a daily basis. Thank you. You've been listening to Discover the Leader in You with the leadership linebacker, Dr. Jason Carthen. We want to hear from you. Connect with us now. Visit our blog and visit our website at jasoncarthen.com. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Enterprises. Follow us on Twitter at Jason Carthen. Let's keep the conversation going. And if you want to listen to the podcast, go to jasoncarthenradio.com.